Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. The passion for the world's beautiful game has never been stronger. And now there is one place to get all your insight, analysis, and hot topic discussion. Especially if you're a fan of the five-time MLS Cup champion, LA Galaxy, or their heated rival, LAFC. It's time to roll out the ball and kick things off here on the Believe Podcast Network. Now, here are your hosts, former MLS goalkeeper Dan Kennedy and soccer broadcast veteran Mark Rogandino. And just like that, week one of Major League Soccer is in the books, and that brings us into another edition of uh, LA Galaxy and LAFC Inside Chat right here on the Believe Sports Podcast Network, the number one place to catch up with all your favorite teams from around Southern California. My name is Mark Rogandino, and of course, as always, each and every week, I'll be joined by one of the best-looking goalkeepers to ever play in Major League Soccer, my, my good friend. I call him DK, but you know him as Dan Kennedy. DK, hey, what a first weekend in Major League Soccer, and obviously in particular for the Galaxy and LAFC. They come out on the right side with three points and a win in their first week out. Yeah, I, it could not have been a better a better start for, for both L.A. teams. Uh, in this league, it's just funny how momentum can dictate seasons, and getting off to a good start um, is so important, especially when you, you have your home games. Um, so was was pleased with the the, the results for both teams. Um, I think high level LAFC had a better performance in week one. Um, but man, Rogues, this league every year, I feel like a short off season. Um, and then when it comes back online, it just feels like it's getting bigger. So former player, obviously big fan. Um, open, it was a great opening weekend, not just the two LA teams winning, but it was a, overall, I thought it was a really successful opening weekend for major league soccer. Yeah. You know, we'll narrow the scope and talk about the performances for each of the local teams in just a moment. But I always feel like when you come out in week one, you know, you have some notions, you have some ideas of maybe how a team's going to look or how teams are going to look. And then all of a sudden they roll out the ball and then the results start coming in, right? You're what either you're watching online, you're watching through the package and you're watching different games. And all of a sudden you're like, oh, my gosh, I thought this team was going to be a lot better. Oh, my God, I can't believe this team is this good. Was there a a surprise for you in the first week of action? Well, so if you follow me on one Dan Kennedy on Twitter, I I put up my my weekly picks uh, of of who I think uh, is going to win, lose or, or tie. Um, each game game every week. And, and one, one of my kind of sleepers, what I thought was a sleeper anyway, was Atlanta losing at, at DC United. Um, I just think that there's going to be some adaptation period with this Atlanta team under a new coach one and a little bit of a MLS cup hangover number two. And then you're front loaded with this CC, uh, the champions league schedule. And we saw last year with Toronto TFC, had one of the most historic seasons in 2017 and 2018 turned into a, a bit of a disaster. So Atlanta is just a team that I'm keeping an eye on and uh, DC had a nice opening weekend performance. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that Audi field is going to, we saw it at the end of last season when they finally opened it for DC United. And now it maybe looks that way out of week one in the 2019 MLS season. I think Audi field is going to become, and obviously, you know, you got the names, Wayne Rooney performing what I think there's going to be, that's going to be a bit of a fortress to go and play, play against DC United and, and their fans are loving it. I mean, it's, it's going to be a, a place that is going to be tough to go and take points out of, I think this season. Well, RFK, their old uh, their old home stadium was was uh, 
early Major League Soccer days was a fortress, and they lost their way. And it was a tough place, I think, to be a home team for D.C. United over the past four years. And it just shows you, man, like the fans inspire players and and they give they give a team a sense of of pride and a sense of of something to believe in that's greater than themselves. And when it just whatever teams get in a new stadium, it's it's a massive shot in the arm. So it's good to see one of the uh, one of the flags of Major League Soccer in D.C. United having a home now. Uh, for me, one of the telling storylines outside of, of talking about the two Southern California clubs, Dan, was uh, getting a look at SC Cincinnati. Uh, to be honest, I, I really expected I really expected a little more from them coming out. You know, sometimes I think in the past, a la what Seattle did when they first came into the league years ago, I think they a lot of times expansion teams and LAFC did it a year ago. They jump on some of the, the teams that have already been in the league. And again, it's an X factor. You don't know what to expect. And I personally thought that like a guy like Fernando Adi, having experienced what it's like to, during his time in Portland to play against Seattle and play on that field, I thought that he would come out and really get fits. And I thought that I thought that Cincinnati as a whole, for me, was going to look a little a little bit better. Obviously, it's just their first game, and no reason to to, to really panic all all of a sudden. But Seattle looked really good, and I didn't think I didn't think FC Cincinnati looked that good. Well, it's early on, but I, I would if if I'm Jeff Bearding or if 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 I'm Luke Sasano, their technical director, I would be panicking. Um, their team th- seems thin, their roster seems thin. Uh, Fernando Adi is your 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 point man, and he's a hold up true number nine forward that can be successful in the right system. What what system? Um, I, that was what I was watching over the weekend against uh, when they were playing against Seattle. Uh, wh- what is the system? Um, I, I just think that the team is is a, a little thin, not as dynamic as they need to be to compete in this league, and they're going to be uh, they're going to be hard done. They're going to have to really be good at home, I think, in order to compete uh, in this league. Uh, we are going to get into the two Southern California teams, LA Galaxy, getting a win against the Chicago Fire. LAFC getting a win for the first time ever in their history against Sporting Kansas City on Sunday. And then we'll look ahead uh, to the fixtures coming up on week two of Major League Soccer for both those two clubs. And we also have, of course, as always, we had Walker Zimmerman in week one. We're going to spin it a little more uh, to the five stars LA Galaxy here in our uh, second edition of our podcast here on the Believe Sports Podcast Network. And uh, a guy that I think Anyone who has followed Major League Soccer has loved over the the last 10 plus years, uh, finally calling it quits and retiring. Alan Gordon will join us uh, a little bit Gordo. here in the program. Hey, you guys! <laughs> um, all right, let's go. Hey, let's focus in on the Galaxy because they played first on Saturday, um, and and obviously uh, it's no longer the StubHub Center, Dignity Health Sports Park as the naming rights uh, to the the field and stadium there in Carson, California. I I thought, yeah, I think we've talked about it a little bit, you and I, before we came on here, but I thought it was a good performance for LA. And and I was a little surprised from the sense that that I didn't think they had the best of preseasons, but you got to be happy with what Gigi put out there and how they came away winners in their first game of 2019. Absolutely. It's all about winning, especially early on when you have a new coach, new faces in in the locker room and the playing and on the player side of the coaching side, the general manager. I mean, this this has been a whirlwind of change year over year for the galaxy and just getting that first win and a little bit of validation of, okay, we, we made some right steps in the off season. When I look at the performance, 
rogues. Um, they should have scored more goals. I mean, David David Alstead for Chicago Fire in net. My my goodness, what a performance! Mm. Um, didn't really uh, gain traction in DC last year since he's since he moved on from Vancouver. Never really solidified himself again as a number one. But he he looked. Uh, it was retro Alstead for me, and and I I think he's a good goalkeeper in this league. He he definitely caught fire. And if it wasn't for him, I think the Galaxy probably would have put four or five goals up. To be honest with you. Um, that said, um, God, they, they were still a little slow in midfield, the LA Galaxy, I thought. Um, they just, in transition, they tried to get up the field, possessing the ball, and it, it, they just seemed a little vulnerable. Um, but uh, nonetheless, with that firepower, uh, if they can solve the the speed and midfield problem, maybe with one 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 or two players, then then this team this team is going to be uh, a playoff team in my mind. Yeah, I mean, you look at the midfield, they started Allison, Drini, Cuello, and Antuna kind of as the three underneath Zlatan Ibrahimovic, and then you have Servando Carrasco and uh, Jonathan Dos Santos sitting in the pocket in front of the back four. Um, I, I, I love Allison Drini and his ability to do things individually, but I, I almost think that, you know, they need they need one more, you know, dynamic player that's going to run at players and, and create a little more width for me for LA. Yeah. Yeah. And this is back to our conversation last week of, okay, Ola Kamara has gone. Gio, Gio, Giovanni Dos Santos has been bought out. They have money. So my anticipation is that, yeah, Joe Corona announced, uh, this is a more versatile midfielder to, to yep. your point rogues. Um, he, he's going to help. And then I imagine you're looking at either a wingback type player and then another attacking option, another attacking winger. Um, so that, that's a good thing. And years past, I mean, typically galaxy is not the team that has money to spend. So it should be, uh, interesting to see how Dennis DeClose pulls the strings here and gets some, maybe an added one or two players on, on this roster for depth. And then it's about including them into the team. Um, so yeah, I, the, the other thing is Diego Polenta. I mean, he, he couldn't have had a, 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 sh- a shakier start. He, he, he was confident on the ball. I don't know how good of a defender he is 1v1 yet. It's going to take some more some more time and reps and games that, that I see out of him. But then he had the uh, the awful back pass that was, uh, I mean, j- just a, <laughs> a, a couldn't have started any worse for him. <laughs> yeah, and we all saw it. was like, it's one of those things on the game. You're watching it, and you're like, no, don't do it. No, don't do it. And he, yeah, sure enough. Uh, I, I was I was texting back and forth with a couple of my buddies, and I was like, does he still get the assist for that? Um, yeah, he, <laughs> Great through ball. He, he, yeah, exactly. Great through ball to, to, to feed CJ Sabong in there. Um, yeah, you know, I mean, when you look at this team, uh, obviously we talked about it last week, the back four and how well they come together defensively is going to be something – that you're really going to focus in on, especially for the first five, six weeks of the season, because you want to see if LA Galaxy has been able to address that issue and shore things up back there and feel like, hey, we can roll up the same back four pretty much, barring any injuries, week in and week out, and we feel confident with what we have. Yeah, absolutely. And I thought, you know, Daniel Daniel Stairs, I mean, this is someone we nicknamed him Eddie, Steady Eddie when, when, when I was playing on the Galaxy, and, and um, it was just because he showed up, he was consistent. And didn't really make mistakes. And as the coaches have changed, he was thrown in and out of the lineup. And what a great start. I mean, he should have got a goal in the first half. Alstead had a great save on the line. And then he gets a dunk in the second half on what what, what was a just a cheeky, intelligent um, play by Efrain Alvarez. Uh, so, yeah, these are the... 
if you're going to go far, you got your DPs that you need fit and performing, but you also need your role players to uh, kind of punch above their weight class. And and I thought, you know, this was a great first step for Daniel Starris in the, in the 2019 season. Uh, by the way, does the Galaxy maybe have a little pipeline going? You know more about the inside information over there than anybody. It almost seems like maybe DeClosa has come in, and is there a little pipeline going on with Cholos down the way in Tijuana, right? Joe Corona has come up. I think it's the second uh, signing that they've brought in in the last couple of weeks from Cholos down there at Estadio Caliente, and might there be more? Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is the big reason why they brought Dennis in was because of his reach into uh, – Mexico and Central America and um, in this league now that it's this uh, not not it's not a selling league but the 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 league is changing in its role in this global soccer market and this is a viable place to play for players and Joe Corona is a great a great example of of someone that's going to come in and, and reap the reward of 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 coming to Major League Soccer a more developed league now that he's coming into and and you um, as MLS teams can afford players like this. And so now you are competing with uh, the likes of Tijuana for players on the international stage. Who would have ever thought that Oscar Pareja would be turning around and helping a different MLS club? Uh, had I told you that a year ago <laughs> when he was in charge of FC Dallas, you would have called me crazy. But you uh, yeah. do always call me crazy. Well, yeah, anyway. I call you crazy anyway. <laughs> uh, let's switch over to Sunday's match with LAFC uh, playing host to Sporting Kansas City. Sporting Kansas City, of course, did and got, got the better of LAFC both times uh, in the first season in MLS for, for the black and gold, including the only regular season home loss LAFC ever suffered at Bank of California Stadium at the hands of Sporting Kansas City. Uh, I think uh, similar to what you're talking about with Atlanta United and obviously with Toronto FC a year ago in 2018, I think it's going to be a little bit of tough sledding for, for Peter Vermes and Sporting Kansas City early on. Uh, and I think we saw a little bit of that because of their involvement in CONCACAF Champions League. But let's get over to LAFC. What did you make of their performance? It's really, really solid. Uh, the goal that they gave up, the referee got caught up in the run of play. They were trying to transition to the attack. Their defense opened their lines a little bit. And uh, Johnny Russell and, and Namath connected for what was a – it looked to be a clean goal on, on the back end, but it was an ugly setup play all because the referee got stuck in the middle of it. Um, I thought Did you get an assist for that. Yeah, no kidding. Huh? I mean, <laughs> talk about what well, you, you unfortunately he couldn't go back to VAR and call himself call foul on himself or something. But um, right. Yeah. It, what you're trying to achieve is like some resiliency, you know, like uh, Sporting Kansas City. This is one of my favorite teams just with the how the, their style of play, their aggression um, and. When they come in, it doesn't matter if they play at home or on the road. They kind of have the same mentality, and they're always dangerous. And you go down to Sporting Kansas City 1-0 at home, um, the game becomes really tough because SKC can play well without the ball. And so they'll drop off a little bit and and let you have possession and uh, put you in tight spots and then try to break you down on a, on a counterattack. And I thought LAFC dealt with it well. Um, they still played their game, getting numbers up the field. Um, getting their wing backs up the field, joining in the attack, and um, it was uh, it, it was great to see that Diamande um, was the one that that put the put the final touches on this in injury time, because 
of the fans because of the players on that team. And you could, it's game one, Rogues. It's opening weekend, but it, it didn't. It, felt, it didn't seem it, like it though. It yeah, didn't seem like it though. It, it felt chippy, like that was a chippy game. Yes, yeah, it felt like it was much further along in the season. To your point, um, so I, I enjoyed it, man. I, like from my couch, I was. It, it was oh, a fun, yeah. fun game to watch. Um, some good soccer, and you know, we didn't even really call the names of Carlos Vela in that game. So, LAFC have a lot more in them. Um, but again, good start against what I think LAFC and, and sporting Kansas city coming into the season. Those are the two best teams in the Western conference. So I had a couple of notes I made out of watching that performance, uh, again, yes, from my couch too, in the, in the, on Sunday evening, uh, first, a tip of the cap to Jordan Harvey, 300th appearance of his career, yeah, uh, in, ma- in, in, in major league soccer. I mean, the guy has, and he's still, and he's still playing great. I mean, his ability to get forward in the attack, to be, a good stand-up defender when he needs to be, but I love his ability. You know, it's almost like LAFC shifts into a back three at times because either Betashur drifts forward and they overload on one side or Jordan Harvey shifts forward on the left and they overload that side. Um, but I think I think Jordan Harvey is is going to be a really good piece for Bob Bradley um, and, and, and the back and the defense for LAFC. Uh, and I think you mentioned the goal for Adama Diamande. DK, I think that, this, you know, he had the hernia surgery, I think it was about a month and a half ago. And yeah. I think that's the reason he wasn't in the starting lineup is they felt he wasn't all the way back up to speed to go right. full, say, 70, 75 minutes. Right. But I think it's going to actually prove better in the long run because you're going to see that Bob Bradley can kind of pick and choose whether he wants to have Christian Ramirez start and go 60, 65 minutes and then bring in a Dio with fresh legs or flip it and go the other way around and have Dio go an hour, 65, 70 minutes, and then bring Ramirez in off the bench to be that guy with fresh legs. And although they are very different, Dan, um, they both have the ability, if you give them that one little opening, that one little crack, they'll put the ball in the net. Well, and in the end, I mean, all Bob wants is a bunch of guys competing for the job, too. I mean, this, this is where you create a team dynamic that is uh, that improves the performance of, of, of the players on the squad. And it's because if you don't if you don't get your work done on the weekend, then you're not going to be in the squad the next weekend. And there's nothing right. more motivating than that, especially when it's coming from the forward line. So. Yeah, this team's this team's when I look at their roster and that's why I think they're going to be one of the best teams uh, in, in the Western Conference, because it's all about what they're going to do over the course of the season. And, and with their depth and, and how they're set up, um, yeah, they can hurt you a few different ways to your to your point. And uh, they, these guys are going to be all fighting to be on that field in front of that crowd, because that I mean, that stadium was rocking. Yeah, yeah, it's it's so it's one of the best environments. And how I mean, just like a beer shower with you know, pyrotechnics going off when Diamande hit that game winner in stoppage time. And it was just, I mean, it was coming through the TV, I'm sure to many that, that were watching it, but imagine being in the middle of it. So if you haven't been out to, to Bank California stadium for a game, you got to get out there. One more thing I wanted to focus in on uh, with the two, one win for LAFC in the, in the week opener, uh, the midfield. So they started with Lee Wynn, Eduardo Atuesta, and then Mark Anthony K. What a story for Mark Anthony K. And you talked about him. Uh, last week here on the podcast, you talked about that things kind of changed when they lost that box-to-box two-way midfielder with that young Canadian. But the fact that after breaking his leg badly against the Galaxy, kind of two-thirds of the way through last season, he's, he was ahead of the schedule and back out on the field 
the mask man, we might have to call him now because he's wearing that that mask. Um, and, and I thought, and and I thought he played really well. I thought he yeah, and he, like and he the, looked fit he, too, man. He looked, he, like, he, he looked like the guy, and I loved him getting into it with Espinosa. I yeah, just loved it. Yeah, I loved that and that's fight, that you, grit. you 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 know that's when you know your team is going to be competing is when they step up to you know one of the grittiest teams in the league to use your vocabulary in Sporting Kansas City and they're ready for that fight it kind of reminds like Becker Kyle Beckerman does this where he he just has yep. to wait to get into the first tackle just so it like switches him on and then he gets a little trash talk going and he gets fired up and then he's driving the game and that's you need these personalities on the field and i think to to to, to your point um his involvement Mark Anthony Kay's involvement in the game made you think that he ha- he was no longer hurt. And sometimes you don't always get that when you have a player coming back from a, a serious injury like that. There's this like a little hesitation. Uh, am I am I okay? Am I fit enough? Uh, am I there yet? And I didn't see any of that watching watching the game over the weekend. We're gonna have to uh, keep an eye on this Andre Horta situation too. Uh, he was not in the 18. Uh, the word is is he's has a little bit of an injury right now. But, you know, you touched on it. I thought you hit it, hit the nail on the head last week when you spoke about Horta, the young Portuguese international, saying, you know, you spend a lot of money on a guy like this. And last year, it kind of seemed like forcing him into the lineup. And he, again, he didn't really have the best of debuts. It was a, it was tough sledding for Horta. But I figured, hey, man, this is his opportunity to get in there. And it, especially if Bob's going a little more offensive minded. Right. You know, Lee Wynn's going to get forward. But in Atuesta and Kay. I feel like those at times are interchangeable, right? Both guys can kind of play the more defensive role if right. you want them to. Right. So you figure you're slotting Horta in there as the second attacking guy to go with Lee Wynn. Um, and, and I think it's going to be really an interesting storyline as to how this plays out and, and how he not only breaks into the lineup, but can he have an impact being one of the, being one of the DPs? On well, the that's team. he's going to get his chance to break into the lineup. But if he doesn't have an impact, where will he be? He'll be right back on the bench because Bob Bob Bradley doesn't care. <laughs> <laughs> That's true, right? It doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. Oh, yeah. one more for you, Dan. Take, I'd be interested to hear from a goalkeeper's perspective. Uh, Eddie Segura, I thought he played really well in his MLS official debut. The Colombian center back partner back there with the guy we had on last week in Walker Zimmerman. Uh, I, I think that could be a good partnership. Yeah, for Bob Bradley and LAFC uh, for, for this season. I agree. I agree. You look him up, and he's he's a little undersized, but um, like Michael Parkhurst esque in terms of timing and reading of plays and kind of making things look simple. Um, Walker Zimmerman is always going to need someone on his on his right or left shoulder, a, a partner uh, in the middle of the park that has some some quick recovery speed. Um, and and I think they found a good partner for sure. Too. Good, good I'm, I'm excited, yeah, I'm excited to see him him develop because we talk about adaptation periods or, you know, this, it, it takes a little bit to, to get your feet on the ground in this league. And when guys have these blistering st- starts, then it's always the dog days of summer that come to catch them. So it, it's about being consistent when you're a defender or a goalkeeper. Um, but he, he, he started off on the right foot for LAFC for sure. Good stuff. We'll talk about the two teams and what they face coming up in week two in just a bit. But of course, as mentioned a little earlier here, on the podcast here on the Believe Sports Podcast Network. We're turning, putting the band back together, DK. Right? <laughs> this three, is it, baby. Three, this is it. Three amigos. <laughs> you know, we should have we done this over a tea time or something like that. We just recorded the whole that thing. That would have been preferred. 
and then go and put it all back together. But uh, beggars can't be choosers. Uh, so we bring uh, Alan Gordon, longtime Galaxy San Jose, and uh, of course a teammate of yours at Chivas USA into the fold here on the podcast. Alan Gordon, happy to have you along here as we talk a little bit about the LA Galaxy and LAFC here on the Believe Sports Podcast Network. Uh, of course, a former teammate of Dan Kennedy, and I had the pleasure of covering you all those teammate, years. Teammate, roommate. Inmate, inmate, roommate, even Roommate, even the best. Oh, Come on, we can, man. We can really dig deep into some stories. Uh, <laughs> Alan, I guess first off, tell uh, tell the folks what life is like for you now that you're, you're not out there in week one and, and uh, you know what you're up to. I'm still, I'm still expecting to call Gordo. <laughs> first i was all, gonna get to that too right i was thinking some team's gonna call him and say hey we need a guy to come off the bench for 30 minutes every game and put the ball in the net and there's not too many that fit that slot but you ag i appreciate it and first of all let me just start off by saying what a pleasure absolute <laughs> pleasure it is to be joining two of my favorite people in the soccer world and that's not a joke um checks in know, the mail what? <laughs> yeah, life life is life is good. Life's different in a good way, you know. There's a a lot of opportunities out there, and I'm just uh, now getting started in the real estate world on the on the mortgage lending side. I'm excited about you know the future possibilities, and uh, yeah, it's been good. Are you staying are, are you staying out in Denver, or are you coming back to Southern California? Where are you at? If uh, if there's a if there's a massive uh, real estate um, you know boom or I would say um, you know if there's a massive drop in prices I'll go I'll go back I would love to but uh, Denver's the spot for us we love it out here and we're we're gonna we're gonna stay put. Well, we'll we'll embrace you with with uh, open arms when if you ever do come back, Gordo. But dude, you were you were back here this weekend. Talk about uh, talk about what you were back here for. Is a Beckham statue? I thought it was gonna be your statue that we were announcing here at the in Galaxy Land. I thought so too. That's why I went. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and then they dropped the curtain, and I saw Beck's face on there, and I was a little bit disappointed as. I'm sure. Uh, I'm sure. Land. Everybody was. was. I think everybody was. I, in <laughs> fact, I thought you were gonna have the uh, helicopter shirt over your head. Uh, goal wow. celebration. Good thing Funny, you only scored eight. eight times. Is good thing you only scored eight times in your career, and I only had to see that eight times. But uh, <laughs> I, I only scored against you, so eight. Eight will do. <laughs> uh, what, think, what was it? What was it like? I had nine against me, but. What was it like with the festivities? And I mean, obviously there was everyone, all the who's who of the galaxy pretty much showed up to be a, to be a part of it. Uh, what was the afternoon like for you? Uh, it was great. It was great. You know, first time at the so the Soho house in, in Hollywood and you yeah. know, what, what a time, what an event to, to be my first, you know, it was good to see all the guys. Um, Beck's just absolute class. Um, like he always is. He only seems, he's like a, he's like a fine wine, you know, (laughs) he he really, he really is. He he gets better with time and, uh, you know, just, it was good to chat with him. We, we talked about some stories that we had, uh, while we were playing, we reminisced a little bit and then, uh, you know, drank our faces off. It was great. Too good. Too good. Dan, I think my invite must have somewhere. I know. I'm still still looking. I I don't know where that email is. Probably went in my junk mail. It went into my yeah, junk mail. Yeah, that's probably right. That's probably right. You, you know Must have gone to my AOL part, account. You know what my favorite part was? is Mike McGee, the absolute legend that he yeah, is. Yeah, yeah, he is. 
Mike, Mike come, he shows up about an hour late in a hoodie and a jeans. Tank top and a, and a hat. <laughs> in a backwards hat, you know? <laughs> and it was just, it was great McGee fashion. What an absolute ledge. Oh, and, God. Uh, it was good to see him. He sat right next to me, which was perfect, perfect because we were just, uh, tri- you know, we were racing to see who can drink, his, drink the most drinks. <laughs> That's like, good. Like uh, like my invite getting lost in the mail, his sport jacket must have been stuck at the dry cleaners or something yeah. like that, right? <laughs> exactly. There was a communication breakdown somewhere. So so I assume you stuck. Did you stick around for the game the next day and get a chance to go out to? Uh, yeah, still getting used to it. Dignity Health Sports Park and uh, and see the Galaxy take down sh- Chicago, another one of your former clubs. Yeah, I mean, listen, who didn't he play for? Yeah, there's not many teams you could say that weren't my former clubs. So. Um, but no, I, I actually, I wanted to, I couldn't, I had to get back to the kids and, uh, yeah. Dad so, of the year, dad of the year. I'm, I'm shooting for it. You know, I'm, I'm the, I'm the early front runner here. <laughs> daddy, daddy duty strikes again. It is, it is one of the best things in the world. Right. But sometimes Real. it does, it does take you away from something when you're like, Oh, I would just love to hang out for 24 more hours. A hundred percent. But, you know, like L.A. to me now is like Vegas. You know, you can only do so long, especially I, I mean, I was I was so tore up on the first night. I don't, I don't know if I could have done another one. <laughs> well, I, not a lot of people know this, but uh, Alan's youngest son, Jack, is going to be he's going to be one of two things. He's either going to be uh, a Jay Demer- Demerit type figure uh, on the U.S. men's national team, or he's going to be fighting in the octagon for the UFC. It's one or the other. But uh, Gordo, you got to give us an update on Jack. You're you're not lying, dude. This this guy <laughs> this guy is an absolute ledge. I mean, just just energy everywhere, willing to throw down anyone. Thinks he's bigger than life. Uh, Jack's Jack's currently. Uh, He's currently doing doing soccer moves in the other room, and he's pretending to be me. So he, he he's, he's got, he's got the Rogan Dino going as he's playing. So he's giving the play by play. He's like, and Alan Gordon, he steps up and he scores. <laughs> so good. Uh, Hey, so tell us how the body's holding up. I mean, uh, you, you were known as one of the guys, Alan, that would stick your head in the middle of places most people would not, uh, especially getting on the end of crosses in the area. You scored a lot of goals that way. Uh, I would imagine it's probably nice to not have to put yourself through that kind of training to get yourself ready for a season. I'm sure you missed it a little bit, but I imagine it was kind of nice to be able, like, yeah, I can work out a little bit, but I don't have to go like I did the past 15 years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're not, you're not lying. Um, I put my, I mean, I put my body through the ringer. I, I tell people I squeezed every drop of lemon juice out of this lemon <laughs> of a body. Um, you know, but you know, it's never felt better. But at the same time, I really did some serious damage to my back right. and my hips right. and. Man, I tell you, um, so, give it give it another year, give it another year or two because you don't take the same amount of care that that you do as a player. Uh, those 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 things don't improve either. I know. Um, I, you, you're not only, as you're not as like constantly sore, but in terms of like performing every day, but you you just have these aches and pains and you just stiffen up. Yeah, yeah, especially when you go go jump into a bas- basketball game with the local dads. <laughs> I've never been more sore in my entire career. And we, played, we didn't even play an hour. Before. That's so good. I and, they're, walk uh, for three days. and they're probably looking at you going, wait, you're a former professional athlete? <laughs> I think 
think oh, I think everybody was always saying that. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, so Gordo, we, we, you know, sake of this podcast, we like to cover everything LA Galaxy and LAFC. Um, I know I had you on at the end of last season as we were getting this thing off the ground. Now we improved it with the likes of the good looks of Mark Rogandino. Just saying. Uh, you know, but uh, Gordo, uh, I, I imagine you, you saw at least highlights of, of the games over the weekend. Um, what, what do you think of the the newly minted Galaxy? I mean, lots of changes again, but. Yeah, you know, there's there's a lot of changes. Um, you know, the part I, I watched the second half of the game and. It looked like it looked like Chicago was in control. You know, it, it looked like Galaxy still have a lot to figure out, uh, you know, personnel wise. I know they're still making additions. Joe Corona coming in. I don't know where or how he's going to fit, but they they must have some idea, um, you know, and, and you know, Skeletto's only been there for, you know, a couple months. So I don't expect them to be flying right now. But the one thing. And it's my favorite thing. And I've only really, I've only, I'll, I'll tell you guys this one right here. This is on the record. <laughs> I have never been so starstruck that I am with Zlatan. I love yeah. him. <laughs> I, I love him. I dude, mean, if you would have grown, if you, if you were to grow up in Europe, this is who you would have been, dude. This well, is you, you know? Yeah. yeah it, I mean, <laughs> min, minus all the talent and like dude, the this star guy's quality. Such a beast, dude. Such, such a beast. That, but that's the that's the thing. I just, you know, this is how it went for Galaxy last year. You know, they weren't a great team, but they had slots on. Right. And this guy, this guy just has the ability. He has the knack to to change games like nobody else. He right. really does. And right. so he, so they're always going to be in the game, even though they should have lost that game, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, but dude, they. I mean, they, to be fair, Alstead had a had a good game, dude. They could have scored a lot more than they did, even though they didn't have the ball. It, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. Yeah. So, I mean, that was a good piece for the, the fire, but, but lots on, he's, he's going to keep these guys in, in, you know, punching distance the whole year. And, and if Stiletto, if Stiletto comes in and throughout the course of the year can, can kind of uh, put his, his touch on it and get the, get the personnel that he wants, then I see them only, only getting better through time. Yeah, you know, I mean, I mean, he's locked on. I mean, obviously, we know he's great, but I, I just still think that the Galaxy were onto something a few years ago when they had Israel Cisse up there. Cricket. Galaxy? That's what I was expecting. Cricket. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, you guys. I was. That I thought. Right I thought you were gonna. I thought you were that, gonna say Alan that, Gordon or something. That one flew right over your head. That one flew right over both your heads. Come on. <laughs> It, it, it. You, got, you got me. He stuns me. He stuns me once a week, Gordo. Uh, okay, over to LA, over to LAFC. Obviously, they've got something special, uh, Gordo, going with the culture of the team. Um, and and Bob Bradley, hey, he's put together another really good roster. Dan and I were talking about it a little earlier on the on the show here. Um, that looks like another team that's going to challenge in the Western Conference again. Oh, 100 percent. And you know what? I I gotta admit, I gotta admit, this is another this is another case of me going on the record here i did i did not not even close think that lafc would be would have this type of impact in the mls i mean on a on a culture standpoint right i mean it it, it's amazing i didn't know and i and i'm la born born and raised i didn't know la people could support a team like this this is this is something that that city has never seen before I don't think. 
I mean, the way that the way that they flocked to this team is amazing. I don't think on the on the flip side of that, I don't think anybody had a doubt, including me, that Bob Bradley would would formulate a a massive successful team. Correct. Yeah, and um, for me, the culture culture will be tested if they ever go through a tough spell. But under that's exactly what I was going to say. I don't see it. You, uh, under, you, you guys both feel, you guys both feel that you both feel like if if they do go through a drought and they have a losing couple of months or even a couple of losing years, do you, do you do you think the culture stays on them and and stays at the at the level it's at, or do you think it'll it it'll take a, a losing shine? season? It'll take a losing season, and it'll take. I, I don't see that happening with with Bob in place. To be honest, I, I think Bob's teams are always going to be playoff teams. Yeah. Uh, but it'll it'll take a really hard hard season in order to test the the resolve of those season ticket holders. Yeah, I, I mean I, I would agree with that. You you know only time will tell with with how how uh, loyal these these fans are going to be. I mean right now they seem to be in it and the team's great and that helps. But I mean every every I mean that. That's the, that's we we will only know when when the time comes because you remember Toronto when they came out right uh, Toronto they were throwing ten thousand seat cushions on the field um, you know and then they started losing some games I mean lots of games right. over like ten year span and they started dipping a little bit and then the team gets better and then they you know they kind of rejuvenated that whole culture so. Um, you know, time will tell, but I, but I, I don't see them backing down. I just see a different culture with LAFC than, you know, they're, you know, the, the team across the freeway, you know, right. in the galaxy, galaxies, families, they're going to get the, the soccer families to come out with the, with the, uh, you know, the kids and it's going to be a fun time, but LAFC, man, it's like, it's like, you know, Seattle and Portland, right. these are, these are grown men that right. are coming there to 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 you know pump their chest out and support their 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 uh their squad which is great yeah that's cool well we appreciate you stopping by we'd love to have you on again down the road um and obviously uh, i think as i I said before you came on we we, next time we got to do this over at tea time so i can bring out my charles barkley swing for you yeah no okay it's not that good no kidding you haven't uh, sorted out that hit yet uh, I think I'm still. I think I'm still. I think I still got a few of your bucks though in my in my wallet though. I still got a couple of bucks here in my wallet. <laughs> hey, best of luck. Yeah, best of luck down the road. Best roommate. Best teammate. Best uh, best opponent. You you the man. Hey, I appreciate you guys. Hey, like I said before, two of my favorite guys in the entire soccer world and two of the worst golf swings I've ever seen in my life. As let's, well. let's go. Let's go. Thanks, right. Oh, what a dude to catch up with, DK. I mean, I'm sure you have endless stories talking about Alan Gordon. Uh, obviously, I have several from when I interacted with him with his time with the Galaxy and then obviously when he went to some other clubs around Major League Soccer. But uh, to say the guy is a class act is probably an understatement. Yeah, he's just the he's just the guy in the locker room that that supported everybody. And and man, he brought it every day. And that's why, like people it's it's hard to understand what that means i mean to that like being a professional is when you you show up when you don't really want to show up and 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 gordo brought it he was a pro every day on the field um and gordo and i we man we battled like we we're the (laughs) we're the guys that were like we were battling as as the we were dps too rogo 
developmental players paid a thousand bucks a month and we were out there just battling battling but no this was back in the day that's how it was man that's how it was like 2006 and 2007 that's just the way it was um and so it was fun to play play against them but then to play with them and we just became uh fast pals and and uh yeah love that man He's he's hilarious too that helps you know what? It'll be a it'll be a conversation for us to have on another podcast because we're uh, we're doing pretty healthy on this one. Is uh, <laughs> is is that he he and I remember early in his career and even in the middle part of his career, he had detractors. He had haters that were like, "How's this guy even in the league, man? How's he?" Because his best years came like the last you know the last it was the last six seven years of his career I, for me and like from like two thousand, uh, he actually was better. Right when he kind of got traded away from the Galaxy the first time and bounced around a couple yeah, teams. Yeah, San Jose. San Jose. Then, well, San Jose and then, years. And then he, he came back he to the up. Galaxy. And right. then he came back to the Galaxy and he was, but I mean, he had his detractors and uh, I can't wait. Yeah, one San, time the San Jose I'm years. I'm going to talk for, about haters too, but yeah. But he, but yeah no, he that, those years defined him as a player. Like he's the box crashing, just beast, a tough matchup. And, and I think that's what made a lot of coaches think that, you know what? he can be on my team because he, I don't need him every game. But when I, like if I'm chasing something or, uh, I need him, I, I need him on a, on a Wednesday night and open cup, like, uh, like perfect player. This and, guy and, just a, brings it. and a credit, a credit to him that he parlayed that into a few extra years in the league, helping teams well, that, like that's Col- Colorado. Bros. And bros. Chicago, he can Chicago. still help. He could still help teams. I'm telling you, like he, he was never fast. He was right. never fast, and so you—it's not like he's gonna get slower. <laughs> he's already <Right>. slow, <laughs> but he, he just brings. Yeah, he's a. Yeah, he 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 brings it. Yeah, I, he could he could help teams for sure. Uh, yeah, huge thanks to Alan Gordon for stopping by. Last thing to wrap it up on Gordo uh, is, uh, and I'll let you think about it for a minute, and I'll throw mine out there first. I'm sure you have a ton of stories, but I one of my favorite moments ever for Alan Gordon for me covering him, and actually Galaxy fans are gonna hate this one is back in like 2010, 2011. He first got traded, I think, to Chivas USA, and then he got traded to Toronto. And the, yep. He, yep. he came back with Toronto to the Home Depot Center then, and they tied the Galaxy 2-2, and he scored both the goals in like the last seven, eight minutes of the game coming on as a sub. Yeah, he had that like big game, uh, big moment uh type goals in him where you know in the classicos with Cal- with uh, San Jose and Galaxy what didn't matter which team he played for he was scoring um yep. but yeah it's funny when i think about the the funniest story i have is literally i got sent off in San Jose because i came out for a bouncing through ball and gordo got a touch to it and i just got big and it hit my hand so i got red carded and gordo was going to round me and and subsequently score a goal right so he thought and it was like his 10th goal of the season and it was like the second to last game and and if he hit the 10th goal of the season he was hitting a bonus and (laughs) dude he didn't score he didn't score again and so he didn't hit that bonus and he was like dude that's you don't understand how expensive that red card was for me (laughs) inadvertent uh, let's move on and talk about the matches coming up this weekend, week two of Major League Soccer, and we'll start uh, in chronological order. So let's go uh, to 12.30 p.m. start time, FC Dallas playing host to the LA Galaxy. So the first time Zlatan and this crew hit the road coming off of clearly wasn't their best performance, but they did find a way to get the win. 
Um, and obviously what Dallas played in frigid, frigid, icy conditions, snowy conditions and managed to draw out of their first game. Yeah, I have uh, I have more questions surrounding FC Dallas than than a lot of teams just because of Oscar Pereja leaving. Uh, and Oscar is, is such a I played for him for a year. He's a very talented coach and he gets a heck of a lot out of players. Um, and and so with that shift, uh, my expectation is FC Dallas won't be that good this year. Um, for it doesn't mean I'm right or wrong, right? Well, it's going to play out, but um, I think this is a game that Galaxy are going to go win. Uh, just Ooh, because like of yeah, just because of how much firepower they have. Um, if they're focused, they they can go there and and win. Um, and I don't see Dallas as a team right now that's just going to exploit and hurt you. I mean, Michael Barrios is dangerous. He's fast. He can open up a defense, but. I mean, no more Moro Diaz. Uh, th- this is a drastically different looking team than it has been in years past at FC Dallas. So, for me, this is a game that you, you look at. Uh, you look at your schedule and you go smash and grab some points uh, on the road. This is this is one of them. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I agree with you. We'll get to our predictions in just a minute here, but I I, I don't feel like um, FC Dallas is as top heavy. And when I say that, I feel like in the top five. Their top five positions mean the two attacking midfield spots and, and three forwards or three attacking mids and two forwards. In years past, they had na- they had two or three names that were like, uh-oh, you better watch what this guy does. Right. Fabian um, Castillo. Yeah. Uh, and now Barrios, yes, he has speed. Mosquera's all right. Um, Baji, we've seen flashes of from, but it's not – you don't look at it and go, oh, my gosh. And one other thing I would throw in there is – uh, Jesse Gonzalez does have the ability to all of a sudden out of nowhere stand on his head and have a huge performance. He's not always consistent in goal. And I would say, like, I, I, I see this one. It could it could be a draw, but a point a point for the Galaxy on the road would certainly be good. Yeah, anytime you you can get a point on the road. But, yeah, they, for me, after after watching FC Dallas in, in week one, um, I just think you can go get some points here. So, anyways, I, that that that's really that, that that's really all I thought. I think Carlos Carlos um, Gruezo is a is a is a nice hold hold down lockdown midfielder, but he's yeah, not gonna sure. he he's not gonna hurt you. And I just I try to like this Galaxy team a little susceptible in the back. If teams have some firepower, it worries me. But looking through this roster, I'm just I'm I'm not not too concerned. All right, so then we move to Sunday, and it's an uh, evening start time. LAFC, I, I think we talked about this last week, is, has the luxury of having three of their first MLS regular season matches at home, and you know how good they've been at home. So week two, they get to stay at home too. They've been training on their own fields. They've been in their own beds all week, cooking their own meals. Uh, they play host to the Portland Timbers. And remember, Dan, these two teams, uh, it was a little bit of a budding rivalry, in week, and not a typical rivalry, you would say, but they played each other – Three, if not four times. They played an Open Cup. Yeah, they played three times. Open Cup. They also played twice during the MLS regular season. And it was they were all three battles. Yeah, I, Portland was a really, really interesting team last year um, for, for a variety of reasons. I mean, geez, how, how in the heck did this team end up making it all the way to the, <laughs> the, to the MLS Cup final? Right. Um, but Savarese, their head coach, um, came in uh, really slow start to the to the campaign uh, in, in 2018, and uh, then they just kind of found the rhythm. And what they did on the road is is they really just bunkered in and and kind of created the shell where they play four, sometimes five in the back, three midfield midfielders stacked, 
with Valeri and then someone, some other support attacking player. Um, and it was a variety of them to, to try to hit, hit the, uh, the opponent in transition. So I, I expect the same game plan from, from Portland, I guess is what I'm getting to. Um, I think that they're, they'll come in, they'll be really, uh, conservative in how they play. You got guys like Diego Chara on the team that can cover all kinds of ground in midfield. Um, uh, David Guzman is another, actually, I think he's a very good player, the Costa Rican. Um, he's at a good age too, at 30 years old, like this team, they can play, they can play some soccer. And it's kind of funny that Savarese has them playing very defensive on the road, but because they can play some some soccer, they they can hurt you. And uh, this this could be a to your point, like a rivalry. This could be a little bit of a trap game for, for LAFC. Yeah, I think uh, you know the hard thing is 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 uh, from from what you had last week with Diamande getting a late emotional winner. So the hard part I think for LAFC is the challenge of coming out and having still riding that high, like keeping that same energy and that same focus of what you were doing in the second half to come back from one, nothing down and pull two, two goals out at home. Right. You know, I, I felt they deserved the win, but I'm just saying to keep that going for me is going to be the real challenge and, and really not, not so much for Portland. All right. We, uh, we have a new segment here uh, on our show here on the Believe Sports Podcast Network. And so Dan and I decided we're going to go into a little bit of our uh, Vegas Card Sharks act here. And we'll, Pick uh, you, by the way, you could have your sponsorship right here if you wanted to. <laughs> um, so uh, Dan and I will pick the games uh, for each of the two teams, LAFC and the LA Galaxy. And then we will have one bonus pick for you as well. We will pick the game. That's worth a point. And if you pick the correct score – that is also worth an extra point. Dan, of course, we both picked LAFC and LAFC, LAFC and the Galaxy. Yeah, yeah we're, we're both two for two. Come on. So we're right now we're right sitting right now sitting at two two for the season total. So as we go into um, these two games this weekend, hold off your your special individual pick for last, but give me your two pick on the two picks on these two games. So we'll start with the first game, Galaxy at FC Dallas. I actually think the Galaxy take this three three one. Um, I. I their, their defense just wasn't quite locked down for me, so I, I think there may be something to give up there. But they, if it wasn't for David Alstead in week one, they would have scored five goals. So I, I think they have some goals in them, and certainly uh, just a, a bunch of questions surround FC Dallas, and, and that's it's a, a lot of my thinking, and this one is a simple 3-1 win, though it won't be simple, but I'm sure Ebro will be on the board. <laughs> for um, sure. And then uh, thinking about t- um, Timbers, visiting uh, LAFC this is going to be a a one nil a one nil match and um, yeah I think it's going to be one nil and it's either going to go to Portland or or uh, LAFC right yeah, but for oh, the sake yeah, of oh, the you show think for, that's for, the case, huh? yeah yeah that it seems like a reasonable solution Minnesota's not gonna yeah win this game. that's right but no with that my, my thinking is is LAFC's got something going and that was evident in the goal and and the passion of the team and and I'm gonna I'm gonna think I think LA's go I think both LA teams are gonna be two and0 as uh, as they say on uh, one of our former colleagues uh, Rachel Bonetta who we, I think we both have yep. crossed paths yeah. with at at, uh, at Fox soccer uh, lock it in. He's got, he's, got, he's, he's got the Galaxy 3-1, and he's got LAFC 1-0 winning uh, at home. All right, well, I'm going to make mine quick. Um, I actually think on the road uh, going to be a little bit of a new challenge. And if you think about the Galaxy saying, hey, 
under a brand new coach, some new players. We took four out of a possible six points mm-hmm. in our first two games of the season. So I'm gonna I'm gonna call a draw down there in Dallas, one one between the two between FC okay. Dallas and the LA Galaxy. Um, and then at home, I'm gonna say for Portland to start both games away from the Pacific Northwest and that really really it's good tough. crowd is really it's really really tough. They had an emotional game last week where they had the lead, I think, two times, played against mm. a 10-man Colorado side, mm. and yet still they <laughs> yeah, came away. Yeah, that was a crazy, that was a crazy still, game. Still, still they came away with only one point from the game. I'm going to say that is really tough to overcome. So if you're going to lock me in, I'm saying a draw for the Galaxy 1-1 in Dallas, and I'm going to say a 2-1 win again for Love LAFC. It. Love uh, it. Love it. All right, you got one more pick before we wrap things up here on week two of our of our podcast coverage here covering the Galaxy and LAFC. What's your what's your special pick? Well, I think we special. might we might have the same. Yeah, one. yeah. I don't think you have to go too far to get a special pick here. It's good. <laughs> My first look is often at least until they until they prove me uh, wrong, is I'll be looking to see who FC Cincy's playing. And they are playing Atlanta. So I my <laughs> week is Atlanta win and a big win at that. We'll go three nothing. I'm, gonna, I'm right there with you, and it's funny that we both we both looked at that game because, yeah. first of all, Atlanta United is the only MLS team, I believe, that did not score in week one. Right. Imagine that. The defending right. MLS Cup champs were the only team that didn't score in week one. Yeah. Uh, and, and obviously Cincinnati, talk about a rough, rough draw for them from the schedule makers. They have to go on the road to Seattle first. And then their second game, they have to they have to turn around and play the defending MLS Cup champs. So you say three nothing. Uh, I'm going to say they're still going to get one. And I will go with 4-1. I love it. Remember, that's worth an extra point, folks. So we'll, we will revisit those next week. And, um, you know, if you want to uh, you know, tip, tip a little cap to your friends and say, hey, I think these guys are on to something over here uh, for when you head to Vegas, we're not, we're not opposed to that. DK, week two in the books. Uh, and we knocked it out the park again. Um, so I'm looking forward <laughs> to some great, great, great games this weekend. And um, I know you are, too. Love it, buddy. Appreciate appreciate you and uh, had a good time and look forward to catching up week three. I don't know, man. This is going to be tough to hold up for a whole season. We had Walker Zimmerman week one and now we have Alan Gordon week two. That's just another reason why you got to tell your friends about they should subscribe. Who's, who's coming week listen. three? We'll figure it out. That's right. That's right. All right. For Dan Kennedy, I'm Mark Rogan Dino. Make sure uh, you tell your friends about it. It's the best way to get in-depth analysis, content, have a little laugh with us and talk about the LA Galaxy and LAFC. We do it right here on the Believe Sports Podcast Network. See you next week, everyone. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.